This is the worst bottle opener of all time. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's, Only that's, two. That's pretty good. My turn. Good, good luck. Ah, uh, it's a battle. That's one. That counts yeah, as one. That counts as one. Well done. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, hello and welcome to episode 61 of Two Geeks, Two Beers. It's me, Tom Eames, my fellow 90s TV fanboy, Morgan Jeffrey. Hello. Uh, good Christmas? Yeah, very nice, thanks. Yeah. Very relaxing. Yeah. yeah, sort of came and went, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Lots, of, uh, lots of food, lots of alcohol. Yeah, I like Christmas for the alcohol, mm. but then it gets to January, mm. and then certain people, not me, <laughs> you, have decided... <laughs> Specifically you. Yeah, uh, that it is dry January. Yeah. And so... I felt a bit weird if I just had a beer and you didn't. Mm. Um, so for this episode, and it's sort of apt for what we're talking about because when we watch this, I mean, most of the shows we talk about in this podcast are when we were yeah. kids, but particularly we wouldn't have been allowed beers at the time. No, we wouldn't have been allowed beers watching Animals of Farthing Wood unless we were just <laughs> you needed one. Yeah, driven to booze. Um, so we, we, I, I tried to find the fanciest looking non-alcoholic beverage I could find. I think I've done all right. It's do you know what? This isn't your your Heineken Zero. No. Um, what is it? Erdinger. <laughs> yeah. But what I like is it's alcohol fry. <laughs> a refreshing isotonic drink. Yeah. Less yeah. than 0.5% alcohol. Yeah. I should clarify as well why I'm doing dry yeah, can you? Yeah, because I'm not. It's no. just, I'm, doing it for, I'm doing it for you to know. Yeah, it's, you're doing it. You're supporting me. I'm, I'm doing it not for any sort of health reasons, yeah. not for any moral reasons because I want to lose weight, anything like that. I'm doing it purely out of spite. Yeah. Because I'm sick of people saying that they did dry January and they felt great and they slept better and they lost weight. I'm doing it purely so that at the end of the month, proof. I will have lost no weight. I will feel exactly the same. Yeah. And from then on, I can abuse alcohol with impunity. Well, Guilt-free. Guilt-free. So far, non-alcoholic beers have done nothing but hurt me because opening the bottle, I've, I've cut myself. You would have done that. I've never done that in the episodes. That we've yes, done. you did. Have you, I? You, you sliced your thumb open. Well, that was when we were trying to be James Bond and I'm very much not James Bond. Um, okay, well, so somehow you're more clumsy yeah. when sober. Yeah, so that's the problem we're having at the moment. Is that we we've started this episode. Normally we go to the pub first, mm. and we plan it a little bit, and then we come here. Do obviously, <laughs> well, sort of. Um, so we're already a little bit tipsy by the time mm. we start the episode, and obviously we don't get drunker throughout. Yeah, I feel very. It's really weird doing this odd. sober. So yeah. I do apologise in advance. If it ends up being the best episode we've ever done, that's a problem mm. because it's two geeks, two beers. So, so far, yeah. I, going by so far, wouldn't bank on it. We'll have to just pretend we're drinking beer and actually we're having J2O or mm. Coke or something. Judging by how it's gone so far, the odds of it being our best episode ever yeah. it's fairly low. Yeah. That really hurt. Anyway, <laughs> do you want to try it again? Yeah. Have a problem? Mm. A bit, no. Mm. I'm cheersing you mid-drunk. I mean, it's fine. It's not beer though, is it? No. It's not beer. But I've always said... If you're at the pub and um, all night you gave your mate, you're like, I'll do the rounds all night, mate. Mm. And you gave him non-alcoholic beer the entire time. I reckon, would you know? No, because some beers do taste like that. You, I just think they were flat. And, yeah. Like, and, yeah I and then I built up some kind of resistance yeah. as the evening went on. But I wonder if I you... think I was like the, the ultimate Don who was yeah. really handling yeah, booze. Yeah. Would you like act drunk though because you think you're getting drunk? Like, maybe, maybe you would. Like, psych- psychologically, yeah. yeah. Anyway. This uh, is... <laughs> These are the kind of thrilling chats we have when sober. Yeah, we're only five minutes in. <laughs> so we're taking a totally... Uh, I was like, get back on the booze, Jesus, I'm you turning know, off. You know they say podcasts, you know, start strong. Yeah. yeah. You'll lose them in the first five minutes. We, we, start, about we the start with the sound, as we said before, yeah. we start with the sound of us failing to open um, a beer bottle, yeah. and then we just sort of ramble yeah. for five minutes. So if you're still here... And this time it's not even drunken ramblings. No. Um, so we're taking a totally different direction for this episode. 
Uh, we're tapping into that recent 90s energy that we had with Animals of Farthing Wood. But... By, by which we mean lots of you listen to yeah. the Animals of Farthing Wood episode. Yeah. So we're like, how can we cash in on that 90s nostalgia? But uh, hopefully far less depressing. Mm. Um, so for this episode, uh, we're tackling a certain 90s Saturday morning TV show called Live and Kicking. So for UK listeners of a certain age, I think that mention will just provide you a lovely warm glow. It will provide you with a warm yes, glow. provide. Yeah. It provoked you. Uh, but for anyone outside the UK, um, this was, I'd say, like a staple of Saturday mornings for youths, mm. aged between like 5 and 16 in the 90s. Yeah, although possibly you will get onto this later, but were you... Because Live and Kicking, for the, for the longest time, yeah. I'd say in our very early youth, yeah. was uh, the one and only yeah, Saturday yeah. morning kids show. It dominated... Oh, this is the thing, yeah. No, You're going to get onto this? There was ones before and there was ones after. Right, during, fine. So we'll get onto that. Um... And it was just part of a long tradition of UK shows, as we've said, um, on Saturday morning. America kind of did the same sort of thing. I've looked into it. And it was, for them, children's programming was a thing on Saturday mornings, right. but for them it was more cartoons, mm. you know, um, of, of any description. So for anything from, like, I don't know, Batman mm. or, or 60s Batman. <laughs> was there a cartoon in the 60s? <laughs> Something. I'm trying yeah, to think. Yeah, there, any, there was, six, any there, American cartoon that isn't The Simpsons. I couldn't there, think. There was a Batman cartoon in the 60s, but I like how you went, cartoons of any ilk, from Batman, Batman, to, Batman. to Batman. But no, it was a... <laughs> I apologise, all American listeners, but uh, yeah, it's a thing. But for us, it was a slightly different type of show mm. that was uh, Almost like popular. a kids' variety show. Yeah, well, shall I give you a brief history? Do it. It started with Tiz Was... In the uh, 70s, which was on ITV, not the BBC. So Tiswas was the first ever show of, of ilk. this ilk, yeah. We so, said we were an ilk a lot. But it started um, as links between filler programmes. So it wasn't a programme at first. It was like they were introducing cartoons and old films what, and like, stuff. Like Schofield in his broom cover, that, that kind, kind of, of thing, yeah. Right. So in the 90s, there was a thing. So you'd get home from school mm. at like 3 o'clock to half 3, and there'd be this show called The Broom Covered, and it would be Andy Peters or Philip Schofield, and they have Ed the Duck, this this uh, what do you call it, a, a, a finger, duck. a glove puppet, um, and Gordon the Gopher as well. Uh, and they would just have a laugh in this tiny little room with the broom covered and introducing different programs. Now that you've explained it, doesn't sound any no. any less no. insane. No, but uh, you know, as a kid, it was great. Mm. Hiya, how are you? Hope you're feeling a okay. Hello, Ed. We're here, all of us indeed. Me, you, the producer, and we've named them the CBBC Posse next door. <laughs> and so that's what this was in the 70s. It, it did it on Saturday mornings, linking cartoons and all sorts. But the popularity of the presenters' links soon became more popular than the actual programmes they were linking. Oh. So they got them bigger and bigger, so it became Tisbos. That became the show. Yeah. Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. Chris Tarrant famously hosted it with Sally James, introduced the likes of Lenny Henry and Jim Davidson. <laughs> Jim Davidson. So it's kind of almost like, you said The Simpsons, yeah. like The Simpsons in reverse, how The mm. Simpsons started out with these little cartoon skits mm. on the Tracy Ullman show and then became their own show. Yeah. This time, the sort of live-action links between the cartoons became the show. Yes. So that ran from 1974 to 1982. Uh, the BBC rivalled Tiz with a much cleaner show, Tiz was like the naughty one. Was this multicolour swap show? It was multicolour swap show. Nice. Uh, though Tiz was, was initially only broadcast on the ATV region in the Midlands, uh, whereas at the time, Swap Shop, when that came along, it, uh, Tiz was, wasn't all over the country. So it looked like Swap Shop had sort of stolen the idea, but it got away with it because a lot of the country weren't watching it. So, right, smart. So by the time Tiz was came national, they yeah. were both doing it. So it was like, yeah, we came up with it. Whatever. Anyway, good morning. This is the uh, television centre, and there's one very important thing to do. Note time, 9.30, Saturday morning. I've got a long run. Run the titles. Um, but uh, Swap Shop was groundbreaking in many ways. Um, it was very well, much... Not, not in that specific way, no, but, in, no. but in other ways. Uh, it was very much live, uh, being nearly three hours in length, and it used a phone-in format extensively for the first time on TV. So, mm, so Tiz was 
started off the format. Yeah. But a lot of things we associate exactly. with the format. Yeah. Swap Shop saw it. Noel Edmonds, he saw mm. it. He was like, right. I don't think he created it, but he, he was one of the main presenters. Yeah. Um, and they were like, <laughs> let's let's beef it up and make it even bigger. Mm. And then I think Tiz was probably followed suit. And yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, hosted by Noel Edmonds and Keith Chegwin, John Craven, Maggie Philbin. Uh, it included music, public figures visited, competitions, cartoons. Public figures? Like, like prime the, ministers and stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I was going to say, what, like, like the mayor? But no, like, no, no. Wouldn't happen now. No. no. But when you only had like well, three I mean, or four channels, it's like, well... 10 million people are watching this right now. We've got, let's, let's, yeah, politicians now don't care about the no. youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the cornerstone, however, was of this programme, this Swaparama element right. of the show. See, I don't really know much about Swap Well, this is it. So Chegwin would do this bit. Um, he'd be, it would be an outside broadcast and he would go around the country mm. where it was like eBay before eBay, right. so kids would swap their belongings with others. So this is why it's called Swap Shop? Yeah. Because I never, I have no knowledge so of why it's called. phone in and um, go, yeah, um, that uh, that Bobby Charlton jumper, I want that, I, I want to get rid of it. Right. Um, I really want uh, uh, a chopper bike. And someone who's got and a chopper then, bike yeah, calls in and goes, I've right, got that, but I, I really want a Bobby Charlton shirt. I don't know why I went for that, because Charlton retired way before. But um, yeah, The listeners of Two Geeks Two Beers <laughs> would have picked you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so and then Chegos would have to like go from all over the country to to do it. Is that TV? I'm sure. <laughs> Is I'm, that TV? I'm sure it was all pre-planned in advance, but it made it look right. like it was all happening. As right. It was. And so he would like go to one, yeah. grab the Bobby Charlton shirt see. that was yeah. from two decades before, yeah. and then, and then yeah. run. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that ran from uh, seventy-six to eighty-two, and that was followed. Chegos literally ran from yeah. seventy-six to eighty-two, and then in eighty-two that followed uh, with Saturday Superstore, mm. which was hosted by Mike Reed, Sarah Green. Chegos was back, as was Craven. Nine o'clock. It's Saturday. It's time, time for, for Saturday, Saturday Superstore. Not Mike Reed not, of EastEnders. Yeah, thing. exactly. Um, sadly, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Didn't he do something like this though? He um, run well, he, around. Did he? Yeah, Mike. What's that? I don't know. All I know about it is a kids show with EastEnders. Mike Reed, and he would go run around. Was that the premise that, of the program. That was that's my knowledge of the premise. Uh, well, here it is. Run around coming up. Want to look at the boards in front of you? Got three names up there. What we want to know is in which country do you associate with the guillotine? Would it be answer one, Germany? Answer two, France? Or answer three, America? You think you know? Okay, go. Run around! That that was brilliant. Mm. Mainly because he was talking like we do. We do that. It was not critically reviewed. What was it? It I'm so not drunk. I can't remember anything. I'm drunker. Can't even remember our catchphrases. No, what is the catchphrase? It received a mostly (laughs) negative review. Yes. Good on Mike Reed. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was a children's game show. Very similar. But um, we're not talking about that Mike Reed, we're talking about the other Mike no. Reed. So that was that. Uh, Superstore was very similar to Swap Shop and it ran from 82 to 87. And then from 87 to 93 came Going Live, hosted by Schofield, as we've mentioned, and Sarah Green. And it also introduced Trevor and Simon, yes. who we'll get on to a little bit. Emma Forbes. Oh, Forbes was part of it. And Gordon Go for the puppet. Um, so here's a little clip of um, a typical Going Live episode. <laughs> piece of history happening at the moment. Incredible. And very exciting in the studio, I have to say, because, of course, this morning, Glenda's coming in for Gordon. She'll be using very exciting. (laughs) The rest of the programme. Trouble now is Sarah Green. Sarah Green? Yeah. Sarah Green. Is I see her... And I just get a chill down my spine because I just think of Ghost Watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. terrifying. It's like like something terrible. I see a clip of her and I'm like, something terrible yeah. is going to happen. This ghost <laughs> is going to be like decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, going live was great. Um, it was broadcast during the autumn to spring seasons, and then they did that thing. I don't even remember where I thought these shows were on all the time. No, they're not. 
It was so for instance, this was from Autumn to Spring, and then he had other shows such as the eight fifteen from Manchester and Parallel Nine during the summer months. Do you remember Parallel Nine? Not as fondly remembered. This is fascinating. Or, or remember it at all. So the premise of this show this is mental. Bear in mind, this, <laughs> this is, is is this more crazy than Keith Chegwin running up and oh, down yeah, the country yeah, yeah. being a one man eBay. Bear in mind, this is just meant to be Saturday morning filler yeah. of introducing guests and yeah. music and cartoons. But they need like some kind of concept yeah, around it. They need a di- for some reason they decided instead of just having the same show all year round but different presenters or something. Mm. They're like we well, need a completely different show for the summer, even though the summer is when you're probably going to be watching it. Yes. I never understood that. If you think about it, this is from autumn to spring when you're at school was when Live and Kicking and Going Live were on. And so you'd, you'd watch it at the weekends, and it was great, because it was... Maybe weekends. they assume, like, kids will be out in the summer. Maybe. So they're like, oh, fuck this, let's just put Parallel 9 on. <laughs> so Parallel 9, the premise of the show, it has a premise, was um, it was focused on this character called uh, Mercator, an old alien time baron with very long eyebrows, it says here, who was banished to Parallel 9 after summoning an Earth girl named Salendula as a result of his thirst for knowledge, a criminal offence on his home planet, Zarb. As part of his punishment, he was allowed to awake for only two hours a week from 9am to 11am on the day the Earthlings called Saturday and had the ability to beam up guests from Earth and, and to Parallel 9 to take part in interviews and features with Salendula, who was decided to take up permanent residence in Parallel 9. So he just stole this girl and was like, yeah, I'll stay here to interview guests with you. Parallel 9 in his original form was poorly received. <laughs> and so extensive changes were made. Very good, my read impression. <laughs> extensive changes were made. Most of the first series characters were dropped. The setting changed from a prison dimension to a space station. So they rebooted Parallel they Nine. <laughs> Instead of just cancelling it altogether. Mm. Like, no, we believe in this this <laughs> franchise. Uh, the new show was more vibrant than its predecessor, with jauntier opening titles, a brighter set, and a new lead character. Though this character was still called the Mercator. So this the guy who played him originally was bumped off essentially. And they sort of did. Like, they sort of did like a Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, yeah. where in Year Two, yeah. they like got rid of half the cast and had yeah. a very different. It's a bit jauntier, a bit more colourful. Exactly that. Maybe that's what it was. In, Almost certainly. So that was that was Parallel Nine for you. So I'd say Going Live was great, but it mm. felt like all these shows were leading up to I'd call like a perfect storm, you know, lightning yeah. in the bottle. Yeah, each time it's getting yeah. getting better slightly better. slightly better. Yeah. yeah, and it led to Live and Kicking being first broadcast on the second of October, nineteen ninety three, so, at nine am on BBC One. When was that? <laughs> Got a mouthful of beer. Second October, nineteen ninety three. Thank you. So I would have been. Six, almost seven. Yeah, I would have been seven. Yes, yeah, yeah, I am older than you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, seven years old. Um, Well, do you want to get some serious nostalgia then? I want to bite into my nostalgia, but I want, I want, I want it to bite into my history violently. Okay, Okay. here we go. Hello, it's nine o'clock, and you're watching BBC One for the very first edition of Live and Kicking. Saturday, nine o'clock for three hours and fifteen minutes. You mustn't miss. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was Lovely. good, wasn't it? The title sequence. Yeah, because as a kid, you wouldn't know what that was about, so you couldn't see that there. So that was, if you don't know, it was what BBC, BBC Television Centre, as it was. R.I.P. Yeah, uh, with what a bouncing ball going everywhere. Well, it was, it was sort of like they'd taken Television Centre and turned it into a pinball machine. Right. Obviously. Yeah, and then they had like what was it, an Oscar guy. I'm not, Oscar right. I'm not sure what that was about. Um, uh, yeah, but. Great theme, theme music. Fantastic theme music. Um, broadcast every Saturday morning, um, as I say, normally from September to April. Um, but it does say later all year for the final series. So when they were desperate, <laughs> they, went, they went all year round. Just keep it going. Uh, featured music performances, hot seat questions for celebrity guests, phone-ins, games, comedy sketches, competitions, and TV programmes and cartoons. It used the taglines, miss it, miss out. I remember that. Yeah. And the only way to start your weekend on promotional adverts for the show. What I um found funny there, so in that intro you had the presenters, which we'll get on to, Andy Peters, Emma Forbes, mm. and a certain John Barrowman. Yeah. And then Trevor and Simon, mm. who were just I feel that like they're left to do whatever they like. So Trevor and Simon are these sort of comedy duo who I feel were really underrated. They were like never never quite reached like the heights no. of the Chuckle Brothers. No. 
and they're sort of they look like the Pet Shop Boys. Um, and then the, even on that bit, it was like he went rogue. I think it was Simon, mm. and they were saying, "Oh, I thought it was seven minutes." And mm. then the other guy goes, "I thought it was the Seven Seas of Rye by Queen." What a weird thing to say. Like even even kids in the ni- early nineties mm. wouldn't know what that reference meant. Mm. What was he thinking? What I want to say though is, right now you're paying homage oh, yeah. to, tre- to Trevor and Simon. Yeah, and already ranting about them. And, and you've just said... Slagged them off. Which one was that, Simon, Trevor? <laughs> I don't even know. Didn't, I actually didn't bother know. to look it you up. Know how idiots don't know who Ant and Deck are, which one it is. Uh, I am that with Trevor and Simon. Do you know which one's which? Ant and Deck, yeah. No, Trevor and Simon. Well, obviously not. No one Good. does. I'm not even sure Trevor and Simon know. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I couldn't find a cartoons list of the sort of shows you'd see. So I'm hoping you remember some. I remember, mm. obviously, Rugrats was the main one you'd get in yeah. Lion Kicking. That um, was earlier, earlier on in the, the broadcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Raccoons was always there. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. sometimes it was on immediately before. I thought it was on immediately I before. Think Raccoons was on before, and then I think Rugrats was during. Because I because there was always something good. There was always a good lead-in to Lion Kicking as well. Yeah. Which normally I wouldn't get up early enough to watch, but I watched like the tail end yeah. of the Raccoons, no pun intended. <laughs> And, uh, but sometimes it would be repeats of Lois and Clark. Oh, yeah. yeah. New Adventures no, I think Superman. Rugrats was, was in it later on. Rugrats was definitely in it. And I think X-Men was. They would alternate X-Men and Spider-Man. Mm. So like you'd have like a season of X-Men and then a season of Spider-Man. Yeah. Fantastic. But the cartoons were essentially just filler. So whenever the presenters needed a piss or a fag outside, like, let's just put a cartoon on for half an hour. What I didn't like... And I don't think they did this with X Men and Spider Man. They just played them out in full. Yeah. Sometimes with these sort of shows, they would like, um, or famously, Ministry of Mayhem. Yeah. New Captain Scarlet. They chopped up into five minute chunks. Yeah. It wasn't so bad. But I think actually they might have done with X Men, like played like half of it, oh. and then come oh, back come to back the second to half yeah, later. Yeah, did. Yeah, to keep you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't record it back then, so you, you know, you were just stuck. Away. Yeah. So nineteen ninety three, it launched with Andy Peters, Emma Forbes, and John Barrowman. Um, so Barrowman. Mm. Now you might have heard of him, <laughs> but was was Barman only in it for a bit? Because yeah. I don't remember. But I, don't, I, I do not remember Barman no, being I, part of it. He's like one of those people who's like part of the cast for like the first season. He's um, then, no, he's Harry Enfield and Mem Bad. Yeah, like. exactly. That's that's what he is. <laughs> no one remembers yeah. him. And no one remembers him being he part did, of he it. He did a couple of series, um, but yeah, I must have not tuned in until like ninety four, mm. maybe ninety five, even because I don't remember John Barman. Or my yeah. memories are so crap from that. I no, but I don't remember. I, I remember. Peters and Forbes, yeah. the classic duo, yeah, yeah. and Trevor and Simon. Yeah. I have no memory of no. Barman being in it. But also, and I'm probably doing Barman a huge disservice. Yeah. Maybe he did like loads of stuff on like the West End. And stuff. Oh no, yeah, yeah. But like after this, but what was, what was Russell T Davies thinking yeah. when he went? Who am I going to get to play yeah. this sort of like sexy time agent, World War Two chiseled yeah. hero dude? That bloke from Live and Kicking. <laughs> no, <he laughs> Who did two did. series of Live and Kicking. He'd done all sorts, haven't he? Have you? A little bit. Chan, Chanto, to. Cab Jack Harkness. Stop it. Can I say hello to anyone? Chan, I do not protest, though. Maybe later, Blue. <laughs> well, even before Live and Kicking, because I was, I was, I'm not as clued up on him, so I, I looked him up. Mm. Um, born in Glasgow, relocated to the US when he was eight, returned in 1989, and then he had a bit of a successful West End career before Live and Kicking. Okay. There we um, go. And then he joined that, and then obviously afterwards, I think he went back to doing West End stuff and appeared in a couple of films. What was that awful film he was in? Oh, it's like, is it like Shark Attack yeah, Three? Yeah, with that we, amazing line. We I'm not going to say it. We won't repeat the line. Can we just play it now? We'll so? play. We'll play the line. And yeah. so, if you are of a sensitive disposition, maybe tune out for a few seconds. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. But you know, I'm really wired. What do you say I take you home and eat your pussy? Filth. That's a uh, filth. That was a clip there from Live and Kicking, uh, the moment that got John Barrowman fired. So during his time on Live and Kicking, he became known for his catchphrase, it's a dirty rat. But you could probably say it better than me in the Barrowman voice. It's a dirty rat! There you go. Fabulous! Uh, which he used during a phone-in game set in a haunted house, and he was mainly, mainly known for doing the... Uh, he was the host of the technology news bit, which called Electric Circus. Do you remember that? Not at all. No? Um, so it was kind of the bit where... I feel like the BBC probably had um, a rule where they had to have some bits mm. that were educational. Educational, yeah. And so the Electric Circus bit was just talking about... It's like Tomorrow's World, mm. but for kids. And that was the bit we just went to have a, a wee or let's get some food or whatever. It was... Uh, oh, there we go. It's Electric Circus. Well. Lord Reef turning in his grave. Uh, Andy Peters was already famous for doing the broom cupboard, as I mentioned earlier, with Ed the Duck. And Emma Forbes, she originally presented the cooking slot on Going Live. Mm. Uh, and then she was then selected 
having proved herself as a as, a, as one of the best things about going live mm. as the main presenter of Live Kicking with Andy Peters. She's like the Lisa Faulkner of her day. Yeah. You know how Lisa Faulkner, like she started out as an actress, yep. then suddenly became a chef. Yeah. Fine. As you do. Career change, fine. But where she went too far yeah. was recently I was watching like a, a drama. She's back being an actress. <laughs> Pick one. That's, that's when you've gone to, you can't, you can't go back. No. You, can, you can go from being an, act, an actress to a chef. Can't then go back. But what about that's my beef with where'd you stand? Where did you stand with Bradley Walsh? Yeah, but like he he does like you can't be doing like Doctor Who one minute and then the chase. Don't speak ill of the chase. Uh, yeah, but, but right. you can go. It, from, you can go from. It's, it's all broadly in the same genre. Okay. You go from like d- drama to light entertainment. Can't go from like cooking to you wouldn't like it if like Gordon Ramsay suddenly showed up in the wire. I, mean, I would. It would be amazing. You actually, you would love that. You would yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, so the first series featured the computerised head of a cat named Rats mm. with a Z. Mm. Do you remember him? Yes, you know, I, I remember Rats, yeah. but he was only in the first series. Yeah. But oh, I yeah, don't I remember, remember Barrowman. He was in at least two. <laughs> so he was more so, yeah. he was more memorable than Barrowman. Somehow. Um, but he, yeah, because yeah, Rats was dropped after one series and replaced by the human announcer Mitch. Remember ah, Mitch? I remember yeah. Mitch. Who, um, you never saw him, you just heard his voice, but mm. he became like a staple of... Iconic. Telly. Mitch Mitch was I think he his career went on for quite a while. Did lottery. He did the national lottery voiceover. He was very much like of the, in the nineties, it was like him and R. Graham from Blind yeah. Date. They were like I, I got the idea they were either like best mates <laughs> or like rivals. Because they were like the two the two leading voiceover guys why in the of the nineties. Why didn't they team up with Peter Dixon to do like uh, a sitcom? Where... <laughs> I think you're saying like like the Avengers, <laughs> yeah. the Expendables of voiceover guys. <laughs> Why not? It'd be amazing. It be they all nice. live in a house and they yeah. try to keep getting each other's work and japes occur. The voice guys. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He's like, I've just got this great new gig. And like, what? That was supposed to be my gig. <laughs> That's the, kind of, that's the kind of great material. Yeah, I mean, there, there were a lot worse sitcoms in the 90s. That's I think true. Really so I'm going to take you back now. Just mm. picture the scene. It's... Mm. Uh, it's half eight on a Saturday, and um, you actually got up back then. Yeah, because it's nice and easy. Back then. <laughs> you, could, you could just sort of get out of yeah. bed in the mornings. Yeah, and it was fine. Everything right now, where you just ache and you just get everything oh. hurts. Everything. Hurts. <laughs> you want you wanted to get up and face the day. So you would, um, if you were lucky, to have a TV in your bedroom, which you probably mm. didn't in the early nineties. Uh, so if you didn't, you'd rush downstairs mm. to the uh, main telly, which is pretty small, but you didn't know it was small at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Hope that there was no one downstairs. Mm. Not for any. I, 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 I know. I know what you mean. You mean like, <laughs> so that you know, there's no one watching yeah. the TV. Well, that makes it sound like you had a really traumatic childhood. <laughs> like, I'll sneak downstairs. Hope that no one sees me. Hope no, that no one hears. No one beats me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so if you, I'm sure your brother, yeah, and my sister, we'd watch Lion King together. Was, yeah, no, in fact, we would watch it. We would watch it together. It was. Yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned it in the X Men episode, but it was my brother who got me out of bed and was like. Come, you need to watch this. You need to watch X Men, and, yeah. and and that was part of Live and Kicking. Yeah, so you go downstairs, watch it, uh, but about half eight, and it would be the end of the Raccoons or mm. Lewis and Clark or whatever. Mm. And then it'd go into Live and Kicking. So let's let's have a little example of what it was like to see the end of one program into Live and Kicking, and then a little bit of the announcing. <laughs> here's, here's an example of what it's like yeah. to watch the end of one program <laughs> and the beginning of another. <laughs> in case you've never experienced that. Back to 1994. All right. Oh. <laughs> It's 1994, it's back and it's bigger than before, so make it your news resolution to tune in every Saturday. Why? so good to be back. Yes, it's 1994. This is Live and Kicking. We're back from Burt Island for the next three and a quarter hours with a January bonanza of a programme. Oh my goodness. Yes, stay with us the entire morning because we're going to be offering you competitions, guests, and we're going to be throwing in a couple of really fantastic cartoons as yes, well. Yes, and going for a song more than more music than you can imagine. We have Biddy McLean here singing his new song. Oi, oi, oi. Where's Trevor and Simon then? Is it two for the price of one today? Could be. Oh, I don't know. We'll never get this car working. There's definitely something wrong with it. Oh, I know, I know. that. But there's nothing wrong with our brand new phone-in game show, Every Looney Wins. So if you want to play, call now. Get calling on Every Looney Wins game. Every Looney Wins. Oh, we got it. 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 Oh, we got it.
you get we're going to have to move for sure. <laughs> Every loony wins and dial on 0818118181. They never uh, give the right number. And watch because today's show uh, is completely packed. Wait till you see what we have lined up for you. Only a little bit of a fluff from Barrowman there. He recovered though like a true professional. Got away with it. So one of the best things about the show, which you might not have even remembered, mm. is the jingle for the phone number. Of course, do you remember, remember it? Eight, eight, oh, was it eight one one eight one eight one? It does. It does. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first. Why? Was, why is that useless information know, in my head? Still in there. The first one was oh eight one eight one one eight one eight one. Then it was oh one eight one eight one one eight one eight one. Is that different? It had an extra one at the beginning. <laughs> right. And then they changed it mm. later down the line. What were they thinking? To oh eight four five six one oh one five one five. That's just a number. I know. That's a number. If you saw it on your phone, you. You wouldn't answer. <laughs> you, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly the sort of number you'd be like, yeah. no, no. Whereas it's, if, it, if there was one with 8181, I'd be like, oh, might be Andy Peters. Might be Andy Peters. answer it. So um, let's, let's, let's go back to when they had the numbers and, the, and see if you remember the jingle. Because mm. I guarantee it will not get out of your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> All of that to come. So if you want to talk to any of our guests, this is the number to dial. 081 And in preparation for that day here at Live and Kicking, we've decided that today's the day that we add the one. So the phone number now looks like this. Okay, so admittedly, we need to work on it a bit. Um, two leprechaun puppets, remember them? <laughs> I, do, I do. Yeah, remember that? I do. Yeah, they made their debut on the 4th of February 95. Do you remember what they were called? No. Sage and Onion. Sage, Sage and Onion. Sage and Onion. And there was a phone invoked, and that mm. was the one that was picked. They were the boating with boat face of their day. Yeah. And they were played by um, John Eccleston and Don Austin. <laughs> John Eccleston, brother of Chris. <laughs> Slightly less successful career. I'm going to check, because you never know. <laughs> you never, he might be. Imagine. It doesn't say it You know, it's like Paul McCartney's brother wrote Lily the Pink. Yeah. And they're like, I wrote Lily the Pink. And they're like, yeah. yeah. So this guy's like, I was I was sage and or onion. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, yeah, but... Um, they were, if you remember the 90s, 90, <laughs> the 90s, 90s, the 1990s, CBC show called Wolf It, uh, Puppet Wolves, they did mm. them. But they also in Labyrinth, um, uh, all the Jim Henson stuff. Who Framed Roger Rabbit or The Muppet oh, Christmas Carols they actually did have quite a glowing career yeah proper Fair. stuff oh, apologies um, but they played uh, Sage and Onion for the majority of uh, Live and Kicking here's a reminder of what they were like oh. Oh. this monkey smells donkeys do I know what it is I just, go and get some get the I'll book get the book, get the book. Dear, I hope you can't smell this at home get the book get the book right we'll try magic, some magic, magic, magic. yes Curried beans and fizzy pop. Up. This vile smell has got to stop. stop. Uh, oh, it's worse. worse. What are you reading there? I what believe it, you. Book of smells, not book of spells. Well, you idiot, stupid idiot, book. Idiot, stupid book. Oh, it's quick, quick. Michael's on the wall path. Okay, he knows you've got a donkey there. Warning, warning, quick. I knew he'd find out. The floor is just coming. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I know. I know. Data. ディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナディーナ
I don't, we don't trust Forbes yeah. with it so we're gonna and, and, and Peter's had like done yeah. something well, she was pregnant yeah she was pregnant oh. I'm sure she could have come back at some point if they wanted to but I think she decided it makes sense though doesn't yeah. it like, yeah so this was the sad moment that Andy Peters not Emma Forbes but it was her last show but Andy was but she didn't know at the time yeah tissues at the ready what do you miss most about live <laughs> and kicking <laughs> Emma oh <laughs> and it's it's just such fun Fridays in this studio are so brilliant, you wouldn't believe. It's that we just have such fun getting the show ready, and hopefully that comes across when we do it the next day. Perfect. Well, this is doing my career a lot of good. <laughs> so let's go onto the phones. Hello, line one, who's there? Hi, it's Andrew Bedard from Waltham Abbey in Essex. Andrew, it's you. You get through a lot on the phones, don't you? Andrew, yeah. What's your question? How fitting. After three series of Live and Kicking, yeah. who's been your favourite and your worst guest? And is there anybody who you haven't interviewed you would like to. Uh, I'll start with your last bit of your question. Trevor McDonald, I always wanted to interview Trevor McDonald, which was just brilliant. Um, Scylla Black was my favourite, I think, because she <laughs> gave me such stick, you know, and it was just such fun. She was a really lovely person to interview, so she was brilliant. And the worst... I know. Oh, go on. N-K-O-T-B, oh, ring yeah. a bell. <laughs> New Kids on the Block. They, they, they were probably my worst. And they're gone now, so I can say things like that. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, they were a nightmare, to be honest. But there we go. But, no, most people are lovely, honestly. They generally are really, really nice. But the programme did return on the 21st of September 1996 with the introduction of new presenters, Zoe Ball and Jamie Thigston. Mm. So I think they managed to somehow pull off an amazing switcheroo. It was the regeneration yeah. of Live and Kicking. Now, are you a... Because these are the only two choices. Hmm. Are you a Peters and Forbes man... Or a Thigston this is a and thing. Ball Man. Automatically, I say Peters and Forbes. Really surprised me. But when I'm remembering it, I feel like it probably got into its proper swing mm. when those two took over. I, I think, as much as I hate it, I think it was better under Thigston and Ball. Yeah. But because at the time I caught the, sort yeah. of the, the latter half of Forbes and Peters, yeah. I wasn't happy. Yeah. About, initially, I was like, "Who are these usurpers?" Yeah. So I sort of have that, and it yeah. was always like, and because I think it was it was much cooler. Yeah. It became much cooler yeah. with with it became like a kids th- version of TFI Friday. Yeah. It was cool with ball and yeah. and I was like, I don't like I don't like cool things. <laughs> I don't like cool things. Um, but <laughs> I suppose ninety four ninety five. I was um, eight and nine, mm. and but when the age when you start to get self conscious. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I was like. And so, I like things that are cool. But, but I feel like with Ball and Forbes, no, with Forbes and Peters, um, it was very, it was twee in comparison. Yeah. Um, but I liked that and it fit in with the age that I was. When I hit 10 years old in 96 when this started, that was the era of like Euro 96 and Britpop was even bigger. I don't know, I just sort of, I'm only 10, I'm not like having beers on it. <laughs> no, 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 but I like, I like, no one ever talks about that, it's like, you do no no but no but ninety six. It was the year <laughs> of Euro ninety six. Yeah, it was it was no, no, it was no, yeah. Euro ninety six. Britpop, Thixton and Ball. <laughs> it was though, but also as a kid, when each year uh, you grow up is a big thing. Oh yeah, so much happens in yeah. that short space of time. So you, that's why now that's, you why, go, that's why when you're a kid you measure it in half years. Yeah. you're like six and a half. Yeah, six and three quarters. Because now if you go between the ages of thirty four and thirty two, it's yeah. like and there's yeah. no difference there whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas there, I, between, bl- I blinked and I was yeah. suddenly thirty three. Between eight and ten, a lot happens. So mm. you could like something really, you know, loads in one mm. year, and then two years later, it's like what? What's this? One of the highlights that I liked from uh, uh, the Thixton era, yeah. era was uh, that Thixton just asked Jerry Halliwell out. Well, on, it, this, on camera yeah because this was the, the peak of Spice Girls mm. and, he, and Thixton was a good looking man but <coughs> not that he isn't now but, yeah. but did it play like okay it was fine or, or was it a little bit creepy like when James Corden was like yeah no it wasn't anything like Corden creeping on uh, nothing, Lily Allen nothing like that but he, I think he was just like because they were doing a and a with uh, people phoning in and mm. then I think Thixton was just like there's no footage of it normally mm. he was like um, <laughs> are you sure this happened no it did happen and he goes something like um they were asking questions and mm. just asked her out. What, what a lad. <laughs> what does she say? Um, well, it says here, newspaper reports have since stated that he later turned her down for being too short. I know all about that. <laughs> he is very tall, Jamie Thixton. Mm. But what are you doing? So Jamie Halliwell, at a peak. So, like, he, he asked her out. And she, then, then and she then... stood up. <laughs> and he was yeah, like... that has <laughs> happened to me, honestly. Uh, <laughs> well, you've, you've been like... I've been on a date. I went on a date once, right? So you, you arrived first? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Was it a blind date? Sort of. It was from like Match.com back in the right. day, ages ago, and um, 
yeah, I was already there. Yeah. And I think I'd already got drinks. Yeah. So they were waiting for her. Yeah. She came, having a great time. Then she went to get the next round. <laughs> right. Uh, we were still sat down. Oh, yeah. I didn't go to the toilet at any point. It was all going so well. And we were having a great time. And then we got up to go to the next... We were like, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. And then the, the walk between that place to that place... Bear in mind, I was still taller than her. Yeah. It wasn't like she was taller than me or anything. Yeah. And she just... Her atmosphere and her personality just changed. To be fair, though, when that person came up and said, Madam, what, what are you doing with that child? <laughs> That did spoil the mood slightly. <laughs> it did kill the romance. It did a little bit, yeah. But yeah, I never had a... Like, I know... Well, this is another... <laughs> what you're saying is you identify with Jerry Halliwell. I do identify with Jerry Halliwell. Jerry, Jerry Horner. Horner. Jerry Horner. So here's the uh, beginning of the Thixton Ball era, and I think they, they did a really good job of uh, making it a thing. A moment. And whoever gets my job, you've got the best job in the world because that's fantastic. Bye-bye. Well, there he goes, off to who knows where. But let's not shed too many tears, because now it's time for... Live and Kicking, The Next Generation. and you're watching Alive and Kicking for the next generation. And for the next 31 weeks, we are going to bring you the best of ever. In so fact, Mitch, tell us what we've got coming up in the next three hours. I'm going to tell you, Jamie, and welcome and welcome back to you as well after the summer. Let's hope you're paying attention because there's lots coming up. In a few moments' time, Boyzone will be here with I'll Be There. And later in the show, you can win their trousers. There's something to get your hands on. Then this morning at 9.25, our first visit to the Rugrats, and we find Chucky having a rather bad hair day. Ooh, there's uh, lots of rather large mice running around and causing mayhem in Run the Risk at 9.45. And Brett Hitman Hart will be wrestling with your questions at 5 past 10. At 10 past 10, Mr. Blobby bounces back with a brand new competition, Blobby's Baggage. And she must have been a beautiful baby. Our M's here to take your calls. Now look at this. Left, right, up a bit, down, splat, right, splat. Ooh, uh, Spider-Man leaps back onto your screens at 10.35. And then we go behind the scenes at Wembley when Electric Circus finds out what went on at the top of the pops Wembley weekend. Olympic rower Steve Redgrave braves the hot heat of the hot seat to answer your questions. And then it's Trevor and Simon who embark on their transmission impossible at 11.35. Now you know the number, here's the new way to sing it. 018181 Wow, that new phone jingle rocks! <laughs> wow, indeed, Jamie. <laughs> it rocks. Oh, so indie, so 90s. That was, that oh, lineup, that was... that was everything that was good about the 90s. But that was just a generic week. Yeah. And look at what they had on there Boyzone, Spider Man, Rugrats, Brett the Hitman Hart. It's like everything that was good about the 90s. <laughs> and I forgot Run the Risk. I wasn't going to talk oh, about Run the Risk. Run it was like a, a, a mini game show they did on the show. But what? We had it good, didn't we? Going up. Like, you had that every Saturday, and everyone. <gasps> Because, again, you didn't have any other channels. Yeah. No one really had Sky. No. Your mates, no one had Sky. No. No one had phones, no one had the internet, nothing. So everyone pretty much watched that. Yeah. All your friends. And wanted to win Boyzone's trousers. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, that was, that was fantastic. <sighs> I found this great quote from Jamie Thixon from a few years ago, talking mm. about live kicking. Uh, the kids were always the unknown quantity... Uh, one time we were doing something rugby related at Swickenham. Somehow this child got into the pen with Mr Blobby. He must have been 12 or 13, a bit older than the kids we usually had on, and he just started punching Mr Blobby. <laughs> I remember hearing 30 seconds to live in my earpiece and trying to grab Mr Blobby. <laughs> just the idea. <laughs> this kid went, <laughs> Blobby, I'll kill you! Beat the crap out of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I like here uh, in September 26, 1998 Mr Onion was temporarily written out of the show after supposedly being swept down the plug hole in the bath this was done intentionally as puppeteer John Eccleston was in Australia filming for Farscape for the year and wouldn't be available wow yeah. I love that the other one isn't good enough no. <laughs> anyway but also the, yeah, they couldn't just get someone else to step in only no. John could do it yeah only, exactly only John could be was it Sage or Onion uh, Mr. Onion. Mr. Onion. Mr. So did Sage keep going? Sage kept going but, um, to compensate for Eccleston's absence. A new leprechaun puppet was added called Shamrock, voiced by Rebecca Nagin of Rosie and Jim fame, uh, who made her debut at the end of the first show as their long-lost sister, and she, then she became a regular feature even when Mr. Onion came back. I've got a clip here of a particular kid as, a, as he was then. 
see if you recognise him. Is it you? No. It won't translate to audio at all, but still. <laughs> If you were a comedian, what would you do? Uh, I don't know. I'd love to be a professional footballer. I'd love to be a professional footballer. Dreadful audio. Can't see what it is. <laughs> it, won't, it, it won't translate to it. No. You can't see who it is. And the audio itself is You can't even bad. hear it. So that was Daniel Radcliffe as like a, a seven-year-old boy asking the Chuckle Brothers a question. You should have just not played that terrible clip and just gone, did you know Daniel Radcliffe was once on Live and Kicking? Did it you was, know Daniel Radcliffe was once on Live and Kicking? That's a better experience. <laughs> that is a better experience. Look, I wanted to prove that I at least found that, even if it was recorded <laughs> off the telly. Yeah, that recorded was Daniel Radcliffe, I'm, I'm sure you all <laughs> on a potato. <laughs> deciphered on a potato. Um, then, so they carried on until 1999, mm. Zoe and Jamie. At which point, Live and Kicking ended. Well, you might not even remember this happened. Mm. For a year, from, the 20, from September 1999 <laughs> to uh, spring 2000, was hosted by Steve Wilson and Emma Ledden. Do you remember that? No. No. What? Yeah, it was. I presented. don't think this no, happened. It did, honestly. It was. It was. No, it did. It did happen. Who is? Who, I don't even know who those people are. Well, I looked them up on Wikipedia, and this is pretty much all they did. Right. And they were they were fine, but clearly it didn't work because they just weren't as good. I think they'd done like um, uh, like CBBC stuff. Right. And they recruited them. Here, here they are. Here's their first show. Stay right where you are because the moment has almost arrived. Yes, we've been waiting five months for its return and the brand new series of Live and Kicking is literally just a few seconds away. And they've got fantastic new guests as usual. Tom Jones, S Club 7, Bewitched, they're all going to be there live in the studio. As are Blobby and of course the Leprechauns will be back as well. And don't forget, they've got two brand new presenters. Steve Wilson and Emma Ledden will be there to guide you through three hours of fun-packed entertainment. So don't put the kettle on, don't go to the loo, Stay right where you are. The new series of Live and Kicking is next. Thank you, very here. Thank you very much, Mitch. And actually, we've got some exclusives on LK today. Do you know what? We're the, the only people to give away a Dreamcast Games console. Yes. How cool is that? And we have an exclusive video. We certainly do. Jerry Halliwell. You'll see that in a little bit later. Check this out! No memory of that whatsoever. No. But I like that the old hosts clearly stand affection yeah. for it. They came back. Ball was back. Yeah, yeah. Peters was back. It's like that episode yeah. of Doctor Who, Peter Capaldi's first one, where they had a little scene with Matt Smith, you know, passing the torch. Good. Good. Didn't have to do that, did they? No. No. But a bit of a lackluster. They were fine. They were mm. absolutely fine. But they just didn't have the chemistry as uh, previous uh, presenters. Um, and that was that was kind of the beginning of the end. I and think. that was where Live and Kicking ended. Yeah. Not not great, but at no. least it didn't go really bad. No. And that was, I suppose at 1999, we were, what, 13 at this mm. point? So, yeah, getting a bit too so old So, we're not really watching the, it as much. Yeah, but... We did watch it still. Mm. I think if you're... Because, again, it wasn't like everyone... Internet wasn't what it became at no. this point, so you still would watch but it. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on board for some kind of, you know, what do you call it, retroactive history thing, no. where we say we were just getting too old for it. No. What happened next... Oh, no. ...was diabolical. Yeah, so, it returned again uh, on the 7th of October 2000, and saw a number of major changes to the show. Mm. The set was entirely revamped with a new layout. Fine. New titles were added, along with a new arrangement for the theme tune. Mm. Never do that. Don't do a Doctor Who. You know, they yeah. remixed it, and it wasn't very good. Didn't they do that one yet? It's not been the same since 1963. No, 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 but, they did, no but there was one season in particular that was really bad, apparently. I'm sure you said that there's one. Been, there's been some bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, but there's been some good ones too. Yeah, well... It's not the strongest analogy. Just keep it as it is. Yeah, they shit the best. Yeah, the original was the best, is what yeah, you're saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, um, the leprechauns were gone, and Mitch got rid of them both. Wow. So Sage Onion and the other one. Yeah, Shamrock. What about Trevor and Simon? Um, I don't know. I feel like they were still there. Actually, still yeah, hang, still they were still there. hanging in there. But yeah, still hanging around. But they introduced instead of two presenters, four presenters. Yeah. So we had Katie Hill of uh, Blue Peter. Now see, okay, you see what they're thinking because Katie yeah. Hill was very successful yeah. coming off of Blue Peter. Otis Dealey, do you remember him? Yeah. He did um, a few scientific shows, didn't he? What was it? Not Brainiac, there was another one. I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, yeah, he was <laughs> he was fine. Uh, uh, Sarah Kaywood, who I did really fancy at the time, mm. she was um, one of my crushes as a 13-year-old boy. And Trey Farley. Trey. <sighs> who, this is, this is true, I, um, <laughs> I, I once, because, you know, uh, not a lot, but every so often I, I will host, you know, um, Comic-Con panels yeah. and things like that at the likes of uh, MCM London Comic-Con Heroes and Villains Fan Fest you may have seen me you probably haven't <laughs> but um, <laughs> even if you did you wouldn't remember um, I was the guy next to Stephen Amell but um, just like cowering but um, 
I, I, I once um, got asked to do like a, a bunch of panels at this one convention, and I did I did a bunch of them. Um, but weirdly, I got asked to do this one thing that was like this um this anime show, or like kids kind of kids anime show. Um, and I went up to do it, and like to to meet the PR, and they were like, "No, there's been a oh, no. a, a bit of confusion. Sorry, you're not doing this one." And I was like, "Oh, okay, fine. I'll just go and have a, yeah. a relax for an hour." Yeah. And they're like, "No." Trey is doing this and then and it was Trey Trey Farley from Lord King and he was like oh hi mate bit awkward and like shook my hand I was like oh it's Trey <laughs> the guy the guy from the bad live and kicking so you're and on par with Trey Farley this is what I'm saying to you I am now I am now on a par with Trey Farley I mean he sort of gazumped me but actually the panels I was hosting that day were way better than his I'm actually I'm actually is this why you don't like the series no, because I've got no reason there to. I just liked it at the time. What I'm saying is, I'm now one rung above Trey Farley. Yeah, right? if anything. Yeah, although Trey Farley is married to Katie Hill. Didn't know that. I didn't know. Is that how he got the gig? No. They met on Live and Kick. Oh, at least something good came out yeah. of it. And they, are they still married? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they've got um, two children together. Which right. is nice. <laughs> you're like, well, you say you're better than Trey Farley, but you're, you're not really married to Katie Hill, are you? So. <laughs> um, he was also in Bed It Like Beckham. What? Why? Yeah. He was one of the, the, the mates. Called Taz, it says here. I remember that. Yeah, very strange. You know, I was saying about how you can go from light entertainment to acting. I don't yeah. like the idea of Trey Farley being embedded like that. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was fine. Was it though? It, I think it was bad. Well, it didn't work because the last show came on the fifteenth of September two thousand and one. Um, and what I liked was that it brought back many of the old features and presenters for the final show. Oh, so, so it had a proper yeah. send-off. Yeah. just get cancelled. The leprechauns came back. Yes. And, and um, yeah. <laughs> got, got a better send-off than like, some dramas. Oh, yeah. Where they're like, the old cast came back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Cuddy in House. <laughs> Nick back. Stokes. We always got about <laughs> yeah. this. The leprechauns came back, <laughs> Nick Stokes. Why couldn't you? Yeah. Um, and the final episode ended. <laughs> this is so... I was going to say 90s, it's not, it's 2001. Ended with a montage of the show's best moments over a live <laughs> performance by steps of It's the, it's the Way You Make Me Feel. <laughs> that, is, that is very 90s though. And Love and Kicking, even though it ended in 2001, yeah. is very much a show of the 90s. Very much. Is the end of it. Okay, it's the very end of Live and Kicking after eight years. After eight years, it is finally time to say goodbye. So, Mitch, say goodbye. Bye, guys. It's the end of an era. Bye. And don't forget to tune in to the brand new show starting next week, 9 o'clock on BBC One. It's called The Saturday Show. Good luck to Danny Bear and Joe May. Yeah, good luck, guys. We'll be watching. And thank you for all your support and letters, your photos and pictures. You made it the longest-running Saturday morning TV show ever. These are the best moments of Love and K of the past eight years. This is the way you make it They've all dashed off to the end of run party. Have it. Don't touch that, brother. Don't touch that. I wonder what it does. No, brother. We were told never, ever, ever to pull the red lever. Mister. Mister. Whoa, that's quite moving. Missed it. Missed out. Yeah. It, it took a spin on the old uh, uh, tagline. Dead and kicking. Dead and kicking. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think, looking back at that, mm. that was probably the moment that I stopped being a child. You always, you said this about animals and farming wood. No, even more so. <laughs> Maybe not child. It was more like that's when that's when the boy became a man. Yeah, I thought that was a that was the, uh, that, Le- that era leaving childish things behind. Yeah, I mean, you'd argue against that now, wouldn't you? I really, I very much would. Yeah, we spend our whole time reminiscing about childish things every month. <laughs> And two geeks, two beers. But I'd say one of the reasons for Live and Kicking's demise was probably the rivalry it had mm. over on ITV mm. with a show called SMTV Live, which premiered in August 1998. Um, so a good three years before Live and Kicking ended and ran for over 270 episodes across five years before it ended in 2003. So it kept going for like two more years after yeah, Live and very much. It very much was what killed Live and Kicking. Yeah, because so ITV hadn't really had their own Saturday show for a long time, or at least not a very good one. And then um, this launched, and at this point, a certain duo called Anton Deck or PJ and Duncan. Um, they were popular. Mm. Are they not already like stopped being popular well, as yeah. PJ and Duncan? Yeah. So they by this point. So they were doing. So they okay. So if you, if you're a, a US listener, um, having having explained the broom cupboard, yeah, it might expertly, as well. Tom is now going to explain who Anton Deck are. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, 
Anthony McPartland and Declan Donnelly right, yeah. played PJ and Duncan in a uh, CBBC soap called Biker Grove. Yeah, well, that's New, how you say set it. Set in Newcastle. Yeah. And um, they just became weirdly popular enough yeah. to have loads of hit singles, but as PJ and Duncan, not as Ant and Declan. Under their character names, yeah. yeah. And then um, a few years after that, they then started having their own like CITV like uh, shows, mm. like sketch shows and stuff. And they proved quite popular. And then it morphed into this, a Saturday morning show, which mm. they did with Kat Deatley, mm. who became a big star in America. She did. Um, and it was essentially the same format as Live and Kicking, but a little bit more anarchic. It was a bit ed- bit edgier. A bit... Again, yeah. again, I... <laughs> well, again, were you a Live and Kicking guy at this stage? At this point, I moved over to SMTV, you, you see. You, you changed yeah, allegiance. Yeah, because Live and Kicking was getting a bit lame. Yeah. Once uh, Zoe and uh, Jamie left. See, I, hate, I hated SMTV. Yeah. I was always a Live and Kicking mm. boy. Because I did, I don't like cool things. No, and you, you, you. Because I'm not, but I, I, I'm not cool. So if I'm, if if I'm near something cool, it just, it just makes me feel. It highlights how, like, like when I'm next to Stephen Amell. It is just, this it cool? Just is that cool? <laughs> is this cool? Exactly. Same sort of thing. Uh, it had cartoons and sketch shows. It did like that spin-off, uh, a spoof of Friends called Chums, which Chums. was very funny. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was the first time that UK audience got to see Pokemon. As yes, well. it, yeah, it was. They're big, like like Love and Kicking had um, Spider Man and X Men yeah. and Rugrats. This had Pokemon, and I remember actually very clearly watching the first ever episode of Pokemon as part of SMTV Live. Oh, there you go. I remember watching that. Yeah. Um, it attracted around 2.5 million viewers at its peak, which is huge for a Saturday morning That's of mental. any era. Um, and it also had CD UK, which followed SMTV, which mm. was like, like Top of the Pops, I guess. It was, sort of top it, of the Pops it was for kids. showing the big hits of that week. Mm. Um, my favourite bit of uh, SMTV, though, has to be at deck playing that game, Wonky Donkey. Wonky Donkey. Um, Challenge Ant was good, yeah. but Wonky Donkey was better. Yeah. So, might as well play a clip. Sorry, sorry guys. I feel like we're cheating on Live and Kicking. Yeah, but... Oh yes, it's Sarah Wonky Donkey, thanks very much to Chris Day, a little bit of a dance, we've got five people on the line, how do we play? Wonky Donkey here, yeah, I've got a donkey, it's gone on wonky, look, his legs missing, it's gone on wonky, got, gone on wonky. got to tell us what the animal is and what's up with it. It's got to rhyme though, has got to rhyme. Ten seconds for each call and nobody gets his rock and roll over. Ten seconds, ten seconds, All right. what's that? I see the tippy, uh, tippy, uh, tippy, uh, Did you have a clue what she was on not about? Clue. No, not a clue. Alright. Like two. Lee Atkins from Birmingham. Good, 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 good morning, Lee. Hi. Hi, you got ten seconds. What's this? Flat cat, um, talking cat. It's, it's, a, it's a little cat. Which got a is called a what? A little cat's called a what? A little cat's called a what? Line three, Gary Taylor from Cardi. Good morning, Gary. Hiya. Hiya, all right, ten seconds. What's that? Witty Kitty. No, no. It's giving its full name. Giving its full name. It's giving its full name. Something kitten. What? Did you say kitten? Yes, kitten. Line four. Line four, Moniere Delini from Northern Ireland. Good morning, Moniere. Hi. All right, ten seconds. Shut up, Dex. What's this? Crazy kitten. No, no. It's a kitten. It's a little. It's a kitten that's got a soft spot for you. Very pleased. Crazy kitten. What? Crazy kitten. Shut up. We said it's a kitten. <laughs> it's Come a on. kitten, man. Listen to us. Turn up your tally. Anyone? Oh. Line five, Joseph Cowell from Staffordshire. Good morning. Hi. All right, Joseph, you're the last person this week. Otherwise, it goes to a rock and roll over it's next a week. It's Ten a seconds. Kitten who's got a soft spot for you. He really, um, really likes. What it. is it? Lady Kitten. Uh, oh, oh, shut up! <laughs> kitten. Um. It's got a rhyme. Sleeping kitten. It's got a soft spot for you. Soft spot kitten. Oh, shut up! Shut up! Get out! Get out! Shut up! Get out! 
can go in now. Just shout at kids. Shout at kids. Shut up and go, oh, litty kitty, litty kitty, shut up. Whoa. Honestly, one of the funniest things that's ever happened on television. I'm <laughs> just in the history of the world. One of the funniest things that's ever happened. Ever. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we've sort of debated that uh, SMTV was the reason Lum Kicking died. Mm. Um, but what do you reckon, in general, just killed Saturday morning TV shows like that, in general? Uh, it's kind of obvious, but... Well, just... It's everything, really, isn't it? It's everything. Yeah, the, 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 the fact that there's now so many channels. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a quiz. <laughs> and... <laughs> and... And... The, the idea was that they were going to put, you know, kids' stuff on their own... On its own channel. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? So, like, CBBC, for example, yeah. doesn't exist anymore on... Uh-huh the main BBC channels they were like we'll give it its own CBBC channel that's a good thing right Kids, get... but it then in a way gets marginalised yep. being very serious now it gets, mar- gets marginalised because it's o- it's only on its own sort of specialist channel yeah. it's not considered good enough to be I don't know is it a good thing it has its own channel or is it not now good enough to be on BBC One yeah um, I mean there were other shows that came after it like Dick and Dom in the Bungalow and- which which too, right. we're too old for that yeah, but, but yeah, okay. people love it yeah Ministry of Mayhem on uh, CITV mm. I, I think that's what came after mm. uh, SMTV but I think by like the mid to maybe even late noughties it was kind of dead I think at that point YouTube was here and um, digital TV and just online yeah. everyone, there's, there's no reason for all these kids to all tune in on a Saturday morning yeah yeah. same with like breakfast TV in general really I know they've got like Good Morning Britain and do you remember they used to have Big Breakfast and Rise and all the, that kind of stuff? The, the shows that The exist, magazine sort the, of show. Yeah, the breakfast shows that exist now are basically just, just new, news. news. Yeah. The kind of breakfast variety show doesn't yeah. exist anymore. They're nothing really like that now. No. At all. Uh, yeah, and when they try, it doesn't work. No. Well, a bit of a somber note, but that's kind of it. <laughs> they can try, but it won't work. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. So in general, what does the uh, Live and Kicking era mean for you? It was it was my childhood, Tom. Yeah. It was no. I summed it up though. I, I, yeah, it does. I like, have such affection for Live and Kicking. Yeah. I was always unlike you. I was loyal. I, I stuck with Live and Kicking, even though look, looking back, maybe towards the end, yeah. SMTV was better. Yeah. Um, and it, it's one of those things where the the Forbes and Peters era mm. was fantastic and has its own strengths and qualities. Yeah. But then Dixon and Ball, equal, two very distinct iterations. Yeah. Both both brilliant in their own way. Yeah. And I, it's little things like I remember vividly, like holidays I was on with my family and mm. watching live and kicking in the morning on mm. like wherever we were. You wouldn't, you wouldn't miss it, no, even on holiday. But because of that, I remember pockets of my history. Pockets of it. <laughs> Pocket, no, pockets of history is an is actual that, thing that, that people thing? say. Oh wow! Um, so I remember that because of live and kicking. Mm. Uh, it's like a diary of 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 memories. You can chart your childhood by live and kicking. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's about it. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we hope it wasn't too painful listening to us. Witter on no. sober. I'm Join sure. us next time when we're going to be drunk. We're going to be so <laughs> drunk. So. So so. drunk. have to make up for it, I think. Yeah. Have double the amount. So please do, as ever, get in touch uh, for any reason. If you want to recommend uh, an not episode. A, not any reason. Well, yeah. I mean, any yeah, within reason. Um, <laughs> any reason within reason. Yeah. Uh, it's podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. Mm. We've had a few um, messages from on there and on Twitter in, in recent times. It's always nice to get. So... Honestly, uh, we said this over Christmas, didn't we? Mm. Like, um, it means a lot anytime anyone... Every every single message, every single download really does mean a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm not even it? drunk, so you know no. what I mean. It. <laughs> yeah, so at uh, Rock Trumpet on Twitter, he uh, described our Animals of Farthing Wood episode as one of the most harrowing things he's ever listened to, which I think is a compliment. Yeah, sorry about that. And uh, Philip, at Phil Enteb, he said, I've been putting off listening to Two Geeks Cast's Animals of Farthing Wood episode because I knew it would emotionally compromise me. Thought I was ready to listen to it on the bus this morning. I was not. <laughs> Again. Oh, great. A compliment, I think. I think. I think. I think. We also had a, a lovely email from Darren Buckingham. Wanted to say that he loves the podcast, never fails to entertain. And with again, with Animals of Hollywood, uh, congratulations on making a grown man cry. All the best. So, please, anything like that. We love it. We, we love it. We love to hear Even it. Even if you cry. we made you cry. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, as ever, listen to all our previous 60 episodes and other little bits and pieces over the years at uh, twogeeks2beers.com mm. and you can also follow us on all the social channels at Two Geeks Cast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash twogeekscast, where if you've enjoyed the show, you can fling us you know, a few pennies here and there um, and get special little bonuses 
outtakes, bloopers, uh, that's the same thing. <laughs> um, uh, little mini episodes that are exclusive only to Patreon. And if you pay enough, uh, we'll even do a mini episode or even a full length episode. Yeah, just for you. Especially for you, as Kylie and Jason would say. And we're also on YouTube now as well. Mm. We're um, uploading like the best clips of past episodes with little like visual um, additions. Um, we're thinking we're probably just going to upload full episodes on there as well. It's just another way you can listen to it if that's easier for you. Um, so just search for Two Geeks, Two Beers on YouTube and you'll find us. Um, to play us out, I was thinking, not really any other music elements of Live and Kicking. Is <laughs> it going to play a theme tune again? I was going to, mm. but then I thought, ah, I should play a Live and Kicking by Simple Minds. <laughs> Fine. Fuck it. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. You turned me on. Fully booked. <laughs> Forgot about fully booked. <laughs>